You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. In 1991, the first ever G1 Climax was born. Replacing the former World Leagues and IWGP League tournaments, this new tournament took the top heavyweights New Japan Pro Wrestling had to offer to see who truly was the best in the promotion. But not everyone got the opportunity to compete in the G1 Climax. After all, the G1 Climax was for the best of the best, and to be invited in was an honor in of itself. Some wrestlers never appeared, while some competed year in and year out. Today, however, we will be discussing the men that got the call only one time. This is G1 and Only. Welcome to G1 and Only. My name is Ryan Knightsey. On today's episode, we are discussing one of the baddest beasts in all of New Japan history. Oh, uh, oh, well, sorry, that was last episode. Today, we are discussing a guy that competed in the 2006 G1 Climax. He he, uh, never really made a positive name for himself in New Japan, but he was able to compete in WWE for a number of years. Look, guys, I'm trying my best to hype everyone up, but let's just get to the goddamn show, I think. Let's talk about the man we all know and love as Yoshi Tatsu. That's right, let's look at his run in the G1 Climax, Naofumi Yamato. Naofumi Yamato was born in August 1st, 1977. Growing up, Yamato competed in boxing and jiu-jitsu, and when he was 24, he auditioned for New Japan, got the job, and started training in March of 2002. In October of that same year, Yamato made his official New Japan debut. He had a rough start at first, finding himself on the losing side quite often for a couple of years, of course, you know, as a young lion, that tends to happen. Yamato competed in the 2004 and 2005 Young Lion Cup, but lost in both tournaments, earning six and one point, respectively. And then that's pretty much it for the guy. You know, he's sort of Young Lion, prelim guy that isn't much on the card. However, when you zoom out a little bit, you can see a little bit of a uh, bigger story, let's say. If you listened to the last two episodes of G1 and Only, then you know that in late 2005, Yukes, the Japanese video game company, bought the majority shares of New Japan and kicked Antonio Noki to the curb. 
for, of course, being the, let's say, scapegoat or more so the sole blame of New Japan's financial and popularity de uh, declines. Anoki, however, probably saw the writing on the wall and was picking up guys signing under him and not really the company. So when the time came, Anoki left with a bunch of wrestlers like Kendo Kashin, Kazuki Fujita, and many others quickly depleting the roster. On top of that, you have some office drama with Riki Choshu and Tetsumi Fujinami, and very quickly and obviously, 2006 became a huge transition year for New Japan. A lot of reshuffling, a lot of back office changes, new era, new company, in many ways kind of like today. So if spots now open and a need slash want to push new guys like Tanahashi, even giving him the gold at the time, our star of the day found himself in a good spot. So let's put a young lion in the G1 Climax. You know, we need somebody there. We need some bodies. We need someone that can probably take some falls. And we need someone that is a push maybe to the future. I mean, it's a young lion after all. Let's start pushing to the future by having them in the tournament. We need something. And sure, they got something with Yamato. So let's talk about specifically the one and only G1 Climax tournament run, Nafumi Yamato. <laughs> Now, Fumi Yamato started his one and only G1 Climax run, taking on seven-time G1 Climax participant, one-time G1 Climax winner, and one of his trainers, Yuji Nagata. Of course, starting off in night one, Yamato tries to start out hot. You know, young lions are known for fire, for passion. So he's coming out hot, going after Nagata with kicks to the back of the leg, running kicks, and a drop kick to the outside. Yamada follows up that do uh, drop kick to the outside with a horrendously bad, uh, I believe it's called Pescado dive to the outside. Even the photographers look a little bit embarrassed by that dive. Yamato tries to apply a rear naked choke to Nagata, but Nagata reaches the ropes. Yamato slaps Nagata a few times, but Nagata just brushes these off and slaps and elbows Yamada insanely hard, dropping him instantly. Nagata continues to give Yamato stiff kicks, even to the outside of the ring. He does an exploder suplex on Yamato onto the floor. So he's just really taking it to this young lion here. Back in the ring, Nagata continues his stiff chops on Yamato. Yamato tries to fight back, but just one slap from Nagata brings Yamato down. Nagata applies an arm bar, but Yamato reaches the ropes quickly. Yamato tries to fight back and again and again, but every strike from Nagata has so much force behind it. Sweat is flying off of Yamato's chest. Yamato's strikes, sadly, are not doing the same for Nagata. This is such a mismatch, you know. Uh, Nagata applies another arm bar, but Yamato reaches the ropes yet again. Should be noted these rope breaks are because the move is applied near the ropes. It's not like he's dragging over to the ropes, Yamato is. He's, he just happens to be there. Uh, sorry, yeah, he just happens to be there um, for the rope breaks. Yamato is just getting beaten up here, almost hard to watch at times for me. Nagata throws Yamato into the ropes, which Yamato springs up and clumsily transitions Nagata into the tarantula on the ropes. Yamato follows up with a flying drop kick. Yamato attempts another fiery striking comeback, but is unable to when uh, unable to do it when Nagata hits a running knee into the corner, dropping Yamato with a brain buster immediately. But Yamato kicks out at the last second with fire in his eyes. Nagata tries to kick 
uh, kick him down and pin, but that doesn't work. Yamato hits several headbutts, but Nagata captures Yamato's arm on one of them, locks in the arm bar, rolls his eyes back, and you, all, and you know it, folks, Yuji Nagata gets the win. Conclusion. Yuji Nagata defeated Naofumi Yamato in 10 minutes and 28 seconds. This is a tough thing to review, obviously, because Yamato is still a young lion or maybe just recently graduated. I believe he is a young lion here. Um, but there's so there's a little bit of grading on a curve, you know. Even then, I've seen young lions have better matches than this. Yamato just looks extremely awkward. You know, the dive to the outside, that awkward transition to the tarantula, even his flying dropkick had him wavering his arms in the air like a bird. He's, of course, learning under some of the best pro wrestlers in the world, but it's very obvious that this doesn't come naturally to him. Looking at this from a young lion standpoint, even, Yamato's going to need even more training. He could be out of his depth here. But, you know, maybe he can surprise us. Let's see. Block A Night 1 ends with Yuji Nagata and Hiroshi Tenzan with two points, Yamato, Koji Kanemoto, and Togi Makabe with zero points. <laughs> Moving into night two, Yamato tries once more against two-time G1 Climax participant Togi Makabe. This match, just like last time, Yamato tries to come out hot, hitting a great back spin kick into a slightly better but still slightly awkward Piscata to that outside. You know, awkward because he... What it is is that he's not just he's not committing to the moves, and that's something that I've also seen is that he's he's going for these high spot, high flying stuff, but he's not fully committing to it. Like he's still nervous about it, and you know maybe if I was the trainer, I'd be like, you know, let's not do those yet until we get more confidence in you. Yamada hits some kicks and gives the overly cocky pin of one foot on Makabe. Don't know what he's thinking there. Makabe brings Yamato to the outside. Samoa drops him onto the floor. Makabe continues to beat down Yamato with a slam and elbow combination and then gives a lackadaisical cover of his own. Makabe locks in a chin lock into a legit choke that the ref counts on. Yamato looks for a comeback with a drop kick, but Makabe stops with a shoulder block. Yamato does, a, does hit a fisherman buster, but doesn't get the win here. He tries for a Saito suplex twice, but Makabe spears Yamato instead. Yamato go, gets a roll-up, but doesn't get the win. Makabe is able to kick out of it, stay in control, hit a huge lariat for the win. Conclusion Togi Makabe defeated Naofumi Yamato in 11 minutes and 18 seconds I try extremely hard to pay attention to these matches, folks But I just could not do it on this one The match was fine, albeit a little slow and plodding Yamato's fiery comeback spots were not enough And ultimately got stopped every time Maybe it's all building to this match where he gets a win with a fiery comeback, but at this rate, I don't know. Makabe has never been a wrestler that does it for me as well, so the combination didn't excite me. 
And it turns out the rest of this match was just, you know, the same. I, I wish I had positive things to say about this match to fully showcase the story and heart behind the subjects, wrestlers, matches. But it seems like I, just like Yamato, have been defeated. Block A, night two. Ends with Tenzan with four points, Nagata and Makabe with two points, and Yamato and Kanemoto with zero points. On night three of the 2006 G1 Climax, heavyweight Yamato again looks to get points on the board when he takes on one-time G1 Climax participant, the 2006 IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion and current bottom-of-the-block rival, Koji Katamoto. Now, of course, this is a heavyweight, albeit a young lion, versus a junior, albeit a champion. So a very interesting matchup here, so let's see what happens with that sort of history of New Japan in the back of our minds. They start off the match with a lot of back-and-forth training of holds. Kanemoto gets a single-leg crab on Yamato, but he's, Yamato is able to reach those ropes. Kanemoto teases a test of strength, but is, hits a spinning back kick instead. Kanemoto gets Yamato into the corner, hits a combo, then a running drop kick, but bringing Yamato to the outside. Kanemoto gives Yamato the old one-two kicks on the outside, causing Yamato to fall over the railing. Uh, his kicks are so hard that he's caused an actual human being to fall over a railing here into the laps of those fans. Yamato is able to re-enter the ring and gain control of the match. He hits a running face watch into the corner, then a running drop kick into the tree of Woad Kamato, followed up with a cocky one-foot cover yet again. Yamato hits a drop kick into the corner and a stop for a close pin. Yamato hits a couple chops into the corner, and I think Yamato is starting to realize here that if he's going to get the win, this match is probably the best bet he has, and I think he knows it. Kanemoto slaps his way into the corner and the two exchange rising kicks and mid kicks. Yamato misses a huge drop kick from the top rope and Kanemoto follows up with a nasty face watch into the corner, Samoa Joe style. The two get in a slap exchange with Kanemoto getting the upper hand and hitting a drop kick on Yamato into a falcon arrow, but Yamato kicks out at one, unable to do the deal. Kanemoto stays on Yamato, lands a beautiful moonsault, but doesn't get the win. Again, Kanemoto stays in control, getting an ankle lock on Yamato, falling back and getting those hooks in. Yamato is able here now to crawl to those ropes and is able to reach them. The two get another kick exchange. Kanemoto captures one of the shots, locks in the ankle lock once more, and gets the win. Conclusion. Koji Kanemoto defeated now Fumi Yamato in 13 minutes and 14 seconds. Just when I was getting out of Yamato, this match brought me back in. Mind you, this match wasn't a five-star classic or anything, but at least showcased the proper fire that Yamato was attempting to showcase earlier in the tournament. Yamato did a great job mirroring Kanemoto here, which worked because it showed that he had the knowledge from Kanemoto's moveset before he was before and was trying to beat him at his own game. But of course, Kanemoto's the junior heavyweight champion, or as the junior heavyweight, is great. You know, he flows beautifully. His, his moveset feels impactful. 
Outside the match, having Kanemoto get a win here makes sense, despite the weight division difference. We've seen it before where the junior heavyweight champion is in the top of the junior rankings, so defeating a low-level heavy, albeit a possible junior here, makes sense. This, of course, stinks for Yamato, and this doesn't bode well for the rest of the tournament, but alas, maybe he can find the win somewhere else. Block A Night 3 ends with Tenzan with 4 points, Makabe and Nagata with 3 points, Kanemoto with 2 points, Yamato with zero points. In his last match of the 2006 G1 Climax, Yamato looks for a win against the undefeated 11-time G1 Climax participant and two-time G1 Climax winner, Hiroyoshi Tenzai. Strong lockup to start the match into a slap exchange into shoulder blocks where Yamato basically loses all of them to Tenzan's bull strength. Yamato wins with a roundhouse kick, however, so that's good on his part, I guess. Tenzan fires back with some more chops and throws Yamato into the corner, causing him to escape. Tenzan wins a test of strength, of course, after Yamato tries to power out. You know, you're starting to see that trend here of strength versus heart, maybe. Yamato tries to body slam Tenzan, but Tenzan just kicks him down instead. Yamato is able to reverse an Irish whip to the corner, and instead of attacking immediately, he yells a fiery scream, like, ah, then attacks, which Tenzan boots Yamato twice, then follows up with a lariat. So literally, it's like, uh, he screams, gets booted, screams again, gets booted, screams again, then gets hit with a lariat. He's, he's, he's te telegraphing to Tenzan what I'm about to do here. Yamato gets a big dropkick on Tenzan, however. Tenzan sends Yamato into the corner where Yamato jumps to the top and gets Tenzan in the tarantula, a little bit better, less clumsy than before. Maybe it was just nerves before, who knows? Um, Yamato follows up with a huge flying dropkick off the top rope. Such a high angle, it was almost a stomp to a standing opponent. Yamato hits a PK and then attempts the Saito suplex, which he tried to do in a previous match, but he doesn't get it. He runs the ropes and eats a roundhouse kick from Tenzan square to the head instead. Tenzan hits a Larry into the corner, followed by some headbutts into the bulldog off the top rope. Tenzan hits the diving headbutt, but Yamato kicks out. Yamato strikes Tenzan in the head a bunch until Yamato gets a surprise roll-up, but of course Tenzan kicks out. Tenzan gets up, goes for the lariat, misses, and Yamato nails a Saito suplex to a huge pop and a close pinfall. Both men reach their feet. Yamato unloads of stuff, stiff kicks and slaps. Tenzan responds with the Mongolian chops and a lariat. The crowd is fully behind Yamato, who kicks out of a pin. But Tenzan sees where this is going. He picks up Yamato, puts him into the Tenzan driver, flaunts to the crowd, stalling it as well, hits it, and Tenzan wins the match. Conclusion. Hiroyoshi Tenzan defeated Naofumi Yamato in 12 minutes and 28 seconds. Ignoring the obvious ending to this match, Yamato showcased the most fire here, which was greatly missed in his previous outings. The layout of this match was simple. You have Tenzan, the man with bull strength, taking on a former or current, I still am very unclear at this point, Young Lion. Young Lions are, of course, known for losing, 
but this makes them immediate underdogs in every match they're in. They will never be the dominant ones in the match. So because of this, the crowd can immediately get behind you, which is what happened in previous matches. The problem there was that Yamato wasn't feeding back to the audience. You know, if the audience wants you to win from the jump, then they need reasons to stay. It could be a bunch of high spots, it can be comedy, but for young lions, it tends to be fire and passion. Here, Yamato showcased that fiery spirit that helped the audience run with him to the inevitable defeat. But even with that inevitable known defeat, the crowd stayed. Block A, Night 4 ends, and because Yamato has finished all of his matches and does not wrestle on Night 5, the results for the end of Night 5 are Tenzan with 8 points, Kanemoto with 5 points, Nagata with 4 points, Makabe with 3 points, and Yamamoto with 0 points. This marked the end of regular G1 Climax tournament matches. All wrestlers have faced each other in the tournament, and because he's dead last, now Fumi Yamato is out of the G1 Climax. Following the 2006 G1 Climax, Yamato hung out in Japan for another year, until he was able to hop onto a plane and head to Florida to train in WWE's developmental promotion, FCW. That's right, he signed a big boy contract and is headed to the big leagues. Yamamoto trained for two years in FCW until joining the ECW brand in mid-2009, now known as Yoshitatsu. Tatsu had some title challenges in ECW, but never formed them into victories. WWE disbanded ECW, and Tatsu moved to Raw as a fighting force against Legacy and the Nexus, but never succeeded in either of those endeavors. He quickly got relegated to superstars and moved to SmackDown, but nothing really came of anything for Tatsu for the rest of his tenure. He was ultimately released by WWE in 2014, lasting in the, in the company, uh, I mean, I, on the main roster, the main roster ECW, quote-unquote, lasting in the company for five, six, seven years. So congrats on that, I guess. Tatsu did return to New Japan in 2014, still as Yoshi Tatsu, by helping Tanahashi defeat AJ Styles to win back the IWGP heavyweight title. Was not expecting that, were you? He was given a new gimmick as the Bullet Club Hunter. This didn't last long when in his first Bullet Club match, he injured his neck and was out for several months. Upon his return, Tatsu won the never six-man titles with Tanahashi and Michael Elgin and started a stable called the Hunter Club, albeit without his six-man title partners since Tanahashi and Michael Elgin denied that uh, faction request. So joining him in the Hunter Club is Captain New Japan, who then subsequently got kicked out, then Billy Gunn joined the stable, and then it, it just sort of dissolves, and at that point, uh, Yoshitatsu left the company altogether and joined All Japan. There, Yamato would win the All Japan Tag Team titles of Kento Miyahara and signed a full-time contract on January 1st, 2020. He is still there today. Now, Fumi Yamato's G1 and only grade, C-. In two weeks, we move forward in time to 2007 with two wrestlers who have competed in the G1 Climax only once. Having decided who we will discuss first, 
but just know that we are either going to talk about the great and powerful Akebono, or the current New Japan announcer, Milano Collection AT. And as always, please stay safe, everybody. I love you so much, and I will talk to you all in two weeks on G1 and only. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. This has been a Countout Podcast.